This is Change Your Mindset Podcast, the podcast that helps change your life by helping change the mindset of the 99% into the 1% mindset. Here's your host, Adrian Gomez. Welcome to Change Your Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Gomez. Everything in this life is set up against you. A lot of people wonder why, why I can't lose weight. Why can I not be productive? Why can I not be successful? Like I said, everything in this life is set up for you to fail. So what do I mean by this? When someone's trying to lose weight to get in shape, the main difficulty for people with this is eating right. It's hard to eat right because most of the time eating healthy doesn't taste good. And we eat bad food, majority of the time they all taste good and you want more and more and more. So that's why people cannot lose weight or be in shape because they like good food because it tastes really good. Another reason I mean by this is why you're not productive, why you're not successful. Because people waste so much time being on their phone, watching TV, being on social media. That's why people will never be successful or get anything done in life because they are so distracted with all these technologies. And there's a reason for this. People that are very smart in this world know you have dopamine. Dopamine is like a drug hit. You get addicted to it because you want more and more of it. That's why people eat bad food because it tastes good. And your dopamine hits, you want more and more of it. That's why people cannot get in shape and a lot of people are overweight. Same thing goes with social media and watching TV makes you feel good, you want to watch more and more, and you get addicted to it, and then you get stuck into that mindset. That's why all this is so addictive that they use this against you to keep buying bad food. They have you keep watching TV, keep scrolling social media, because they make money off of you doing this. I'm going to read you an article by Teen Vogue that came out in November 10th, 2021. And it's by Brittany McNamara. And the title is, the science behind social media's hold on our mental health. And it's going to explain dopamine to you. So the article goes, We've seen studies for years telling us that social media can be bad for our mental health. But more than likely, we didn't really need research to know that. Many of us have experienced the mental drain that comes with scrolling endlessly through social media. And worse, feeling like we can't stop even when it's noticeably bringing us down. New testimony from Facebook whistleblower Francis Hahn and thousands of leaked documents show that Facebook knew the harm it can cause, particularly to young people. But for mental health and technology experts, it's not just that Facebook and other social media companies likely know they're causing harm. According to the two experts Team Vogue spoke to, it's that they are purposely addictive and both estimate to be one of the biggest problems of our time. In interviews with Anna Lembicki, MD, professor and chief of the Addiction Medicine Dual Diagnosis Clinic at Stanford University, and Tristan Harris, co-founder and president of the Center for Human Technology, the two noted how social media companies use mechanisms in our brain to hook us on social media, making us dependent on the platform that are enriched the more we use them. 
Both appeared in The Social Dilemma, a documentary released in 2020 detailing the ways social media platforms exploit human vulnerability, spread misinformation, and prey upon users as product. Social media use has been linked to increased anxiety, depression, sleep disruption, and antisocial behavior, and even found to be predictive of future suicide risk for teen girls. But why does it have such a huge impact on our mental health? In a deleted scene shared exclusively with Teen Vogue, Lambiki explains how social media creates a dopamine deficit in our brains. Social media is basically a way to drugify human connection. Lambiki told Teen Vogue, We've evolved over millions of years to want to connect with people because it helps us protect ourselves from predators. Use scarce resources, find a mate. One of the ways our brain gets us to make these connections is to release dopamine. Dopamine is a naturally occurring feel-good chemical that triggers our inner reward system. It's released when we eat delicious food, have sex, and crucially, when we take addictive drugs. Social media mimics human connection, prompting dopamine release when we get likes and comments. Limbeki says the bottomless bowl of social media where we see flashing lights, rankings, and beautiful images of other people all with minimal effort. Makes the brain release more dopamine than it would with a typical real-life interaction. That, she says, is why it has the potential to be like a drug. Things that are addictive release a lot more dopamine in the brain, she said. The more we activate that intense pleasure response on social media, Lambiki says, the more we crave it. The repetitive action becomes less exciting and we end up needing more to give us the same pleasure we experienced with a lesser amount before. Harris likened social media to a slot machine. We don't know if we're going to have a positive interaction when we log onto our social media apps, but we know we might. So we're gambling on the outcome, even though it's most often a negative one. That's when Lembeki says we enter a dopamine deficit. We experience less pleasure when we're not using the drug that makes our dopamine surge. In this case, the drug is social media, and we become more unhappy that what was once our baseline. The problem with things that release a lot of dopamine all at once is that our brains have to compensate. But this is really the key point. Our brains don't just then bring our dopamine far and back to baseline level, she said. It actually pushes dopamine levels below baseline. We go into a dopamine deficit state. That's the way the brain restores homeostasis. If there's a huge deviation upward, then there's going to be a deviation downward. That's essentially the come down. That moment of wanting to stay online and click on one more video or connect with one more person. You might be able to tell you're in a dopamine deficit state, Lambiki said, when you're scrolling through social media and you feel like you can't stop. It doesn't necessarily feel good, and you aren't getting anything from your actions, but you just keep scrolling. When we're in a dopamine deficit, Lambiki said, it can feel similar to depression and anxiety. Lambiki says she thinks the dopamine deficit is one of the main reasons social media can be so impactful on mental health, but also noted other factors at work. Social media promotes comparisons, he said. 
which is normal in everyday situations, but can be overwhelming when we're comparing ourselves to thousands of people we don't know online. Research suggests this kind of comparison can affect mental health. Of course, Limbiki says many things have the potential to become addictive. Certain people are more susceptible to becoming dependent on something. And while social media does change our brains, so does any activities, he says. But the difference between becoming dependent on social media and having the changing our brains and other actions like, say, playing the piano, is that social media requires very little effort for a very high dopamine reward. Because it releases so much dopamine, it changes the reward threshold in our brains, he said. Why blame Facebook? The simple answer to all this is to just log off. But Limbeki stressed that the nature of addiction makes it very hard to do. For Harris, however, it goes a bit deeper. Not only can we not log off because we've become addicted to social media, that's exactly what these companies intended. It's not addictive by accident, it's addictive by design, he said. How much have you paid for your Facebook or Instagram or TikTok account in the last month? Nothing. But how are they worth a trillion dollars? Harris continued. They don't sell your data. They sell their capacity to influence and manipulate your thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors through advertising. So long as we're the product and not the customer. Their business model is making sure that we use it as frequently and for as long and often as possible. That's the main issue, Harris said. That on social media, people are the product, not the customer. According to Facebook's 2020 Securities and Exchange Commission report, it made nearly all of its revenue that year from third-party advertisements. Companies pay Facebook to blast their ad out to targeted users. If we fail to retain existing users or add new users, or if our users decrease their level of engagement, with our products, our revenue, financial results, and business may be significantly harmed, the reports indicates. So, as Harris noted, it's in these companies' financial interest to keep users on their platforms longer, even if they know the negative effects that can have. That, Harris says, makes a race to the bottom of the brainstem, incentivizing companies to exploit universal human vulnerabilities, like our dopamine response. Part of that, he said, is looping people into social interactions. Platforms prompt us to tag friends, wave, poke, comment, invite. That, he says, makes it seem like we are asking our friends to interact with us on social media, when really Facebook manipulated the origin of that accent. In cases where leaving social media would mean leaving the primary means of communication among your friends. Says Snapchat for most young people. Harris said companies again act in their own best interests. This, he said, takes much of the personal choice out of social media. It's something we've come to rely on for social connection, for better or worse. And leaving it could mean ostracization. For example... He noted that separating Instagram messages from the main scrolling platform would allow people to take a break from the potentially taxing content on the endless scroll feed while allowing them to communicate with friends.
but Instagram also counts on keeping users on the platform for longer. So separating those two functions would mean users wouldn't be distracted by scrolling or sucked into giving their attention that translates to revenue. What does it mean and what can we do? As both Harris and Lambiki noted, not all social media is bad all of the time. It can be a powerful source of connection and can help people find community, particularly for marginalized people who don't have access to others like them in person. And Harris noted that social media didn't start bad. It was weaponized later to exploit our vulnerabilities for financial gain. He mentioned Justin Rosenstein, who helped create the Facebook like button. Now, likes are part of the gamification and ranking aspect of social media that makes it addictive. Something Rosenstein talked about in the Social Dilemma, originally he and others at the company invented the button to spread love and positivity. These are examples of humane technology that help foster connection without the high-risk angle. FaceTime, Harris said, is a great example. There are no endless square options. No emojis flying in the corner or real-time comments flooding in. It's a way to have face-to-face -face connection through technology. And when you're done, there's no mechanism trying to keep you there for profit. Instead, you pay for the tech that delivers it, meaning you are a customer utilizing a service, not the other way around. Since we have a society dependent on technology that can exploit us, Lambiki said it's on everyone to fix it, from the federal government to the companies that run these platforms to us ourselves. At the higher level, Lambiki suggested, corporations investigate fee structures for social media. Similar to how high taxes on cigarettes help decrease smoking in the U.S. So could a cost to social media, she said. It can mean charging users the longer they use social media. Or, she said, taxing companies. On a personal level, Lambiki said, we have to reframe social media as a way to forge human connection rather than a place to chase dopamine. She suggested taking a break from social media with all your friends so you don't feel ostracized or planning in-person hangouts where no one uses social media. She also recommends trying to reframe how you use social media in general, limiting it to certain hours of the day. For Harris, he can clearly see a world with fewer social media apps as a better one. While the apps we all use can have positive effects, he said, it's not a world we can safely occupy right now. How different would our society be if we just had text and video chat? Where we were the customer, not the product, he wondered. It's so clear to me how much better and different the world would be. And that is the end of the article. At the end of the day, majority of people are slaves to their phone. And like I said, I see it everywhere. At the gym, people are on the phones. When people are at restaurants, instead of interacting with the other person, they're on their phones. At home, people are on their phones. Your phone is a tool. How you use it is up to you. Majority of people use your, their phone as a negative tool. Doing social media, doing things that are not productive, keeping you in that zombie mind state. Or 
people can use their phone for the positive. Learn something new. Learn how to make money. Anything that will benefit your life. Unfortunately, most people don't use their phone that way. And it shows, like this article I just talked about, these companies know how to manipulate your brain. They use dopamine. It's for you can keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and keeps you on those apps, keeps you not productive, keeps you as a slave to your phone. And it's unfortunate because this is a lot of the population, a lot of the society. Everyone is a zombie to their phone. Majority of people probably can't survive a whole day without their phone. They probably go crazy because people are are literally addicted to their phone. You may not realize it, but people are addicted. And that's why people can never be successful. People can never be productive because they are so distracted by their phones. They can't do an assignment without looking at their phones, checking something, going on social media. That's how bad it is now in society. Everyone's brainwashed. And they used your own dopamine against you for you can keep coming back for more and more and more that's why people are addicted to social media people are addicted to fast food because it tastes good and they get that dopamine hit and want to do it again that's why everyone's overweight everyone's always on their phone because these companies use it against you and they make millions probably billions of dollars off of you and for most people they have no idea for me personally, that would piss me off, but that's me. The average person doesn't even care because they live an unfulfilled life. So I just finished reading you an article that tells you how these companies are using you, how they're manipulating you, how they're brainwashing you. So you can either do something about it or not. You can continue the same thing that you're doing, be a nobody, be a slave to the system, Stay in the rat race, hate your life, be miserable, be depressed, all that negativity. Or you can stop doing things that are not productive, things that are wasting your time, things that are wasting your life. And do something about it. Because you know these companies and big businesses have no interest in you being successful or being the best version of yourself. They could care less. They just want you to keep making them more and more money. So what you decide to do is up to you. No one's forcing you to do anything. It's your choice, your life, your mindset. If you want to change it, like I always say, you have to do it yourself. No one's going to do it for you. So I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. Hopefully this one was very valuable to you and you understand how these social media platforms, how eating fast food, it's all... Just a dopamine hit. And you want more and more of it. And that's why a lot of people get taken advantage. And a lot of people are overweight. A lot of people are not productive with their lives. This is the reason why. So hopefully this one did help you out a lot. I appreciate you guys listening to this podcast. And thank you, Patreon member Blade262, for being a Patreon member and supporting the podcast. If you'd like to be a Patreon member, the link is in the description below. As always, please subscribe and share with other people. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you guys again, and as always, change your mindset to change your life. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to Change Your Mindset Podcast. Be sure to tune in every week for a new episode. As always, change your mindset to change your life.